Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely and important legal issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm John Zuba, editor of Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Joining me is Brendan Noonan from our communications team. We're pleased to have with us today attorney Tim Thornton from the law firm of Nelson, Thompson, Pegg, and Thornton in Los Angeles, California. Tim has over 25 years' experience providing legal counsel for insurance-related matters. One of Tim's focus areas is on insurance coverage of intellectual property and entertainment claims, and today's topic is on coverage for claims involving patent litigation and advertising injury. Brandon Newton will lead off today with our first question. Uh, Yes, uh, so uh, when did advertising injury become part of standard commercial liability policies, and what has changed in recent years? Advertising injury became part of the standard commercial general liability policy in the mid-1980s when ISO came out with their product, Insurance Services Office. And it was available by endorsement before then, starting from the early 1980s. And what has changed since then is a whole lot of litigation about what does advertising mean and what do the covered offenses mean. And by covered offenses, what I mean is advertising injury is normally defined as certain covered offenses or specified perils or specified torts that are committed in the course of the insured's advertising activities. And the courts usually analyze this with a three-part test. You know, was there a covered offense or specified peril committed? Number one. Number two, was the insured advertising? And number three, was there a causal connection between those two? And like I said, this led to a lot of litigation about the meaning of the word advertising and a lot of uh, litigation about the meaning of the terms used, the uh, offenses used. In particular, at the very beginning, unfair competition and piracy. And then these came out in 1985, and since then we've fought about the meaning of misappropriation of advertising ideas or style of doing business primarily. So that's uh, sort of a a thumbnail sketch on when it became part of the uh, policy and what's happened since then. Tim, can you explain the GATT Treaty and the impact this had on laws and policies? Sure. The treaty was signed in 1994 following the Uruguay Round of those negotiations, and it provided for an extension of intellectual property rights. And so once it was signed, Congress then amended various U.S. laws to conform to the treaty requirements, and one of those was to amend the patent infringement statute. Up until that point, the patent infringement statute prohibited or defined infringement of a patent as making, using, or selling a patented invention without authority. And the amendment was to add the phrase, offer to sell. So before this time, courts had generally come to the consensus that patent infringement did not occur in the course of advertising activity, uh, in part relying on this statute that said it applied only to making, using, or selling a patented invention. And so once this phrase, offer to sell, was added to the statute, there was a whole new round of arguments and lawsuits about whether patent infringement could be covered as an advertising injury, whether it could occur in the course of advertising. Tim, what should insurance companies today in particular be looking at? I think today they want to look at the particular policy language in question. There's a recent case, Hyundai versus National Union, that found that a claim for patent infringement was advertising injury. And in that case, it concerned a business method patent on a method to create customized product proposals, including pictures and text. And Hyundai, the insured, had on its website a build-your-own-auto feature where you could put together the color, the feature, the model, et cetera, uh, and accessories that you wanted for your auto. And then the court found that this was advertising injury. 
And this followed an earlier case involving Amazon.com and music preview technology, where the court found that there was also coverage for advertising injury, since the court characterized that as a situation where the advertising technique itself was patented. So you want to consider those cases. You want to look at your particular policy language, because the policy language has changed since those cases. The most important change is that starting in 2001, the policies now include intellectual property exclusions, which exclude patent infringement, among other things. So most often, uh, you're not going to have any coverage for patent infringement because now there's a very explicit exclusion on that point. But you need to check your language and see whether an earlier form is being used or not, or whether there's some specialized or unique language that's being used in the policy. Uh, How challenging has it been to keep up with the Internet and smartphones and the new wave of technologies and coverage matters? Uh, (laughs) It's been very challenging to uh, keep up with all of that in personal life as well as in practice and in terms of litigation and potential coverage disputes. There's a lot of push into uh, advertising with all of these new technologies. Google has an advertising platform. Apple just brought out last year its iAd platform. So there's a lot of new technology, and people are trying to exploit advertising opportunities and all that new technology. And Tim, do you see any other changes or challenges arising on this in the near future? Sure. In terms of advertising injury in general, uh, you know, there have been changes in the definition and the policy form since this uh, Hyundai case. There's been the addition of an offense of infringement of trade dress, which is sort of the overall image an appearance of a product or of a commercial enterprise, and I think that'll generate a lot of scrutiny and perhaps litigation. And also, starting in 1998, the policies have started to add their own definition of advertisement, and starting in 2001, they've included references to the Internet and the web as part of that definition. So I think that those also will provide areas that policyholders will be looking at and the carriers will be looking at. And sort of beyond the issue of intellectual property, I think that all of these technologies are going to provide or create a lot of issues regarding privacy and invasion of privacy, which are covered under advertising injury. Okay, terrific, Tim. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. That was Tim Thornton from the law firm of Nelson, Thompson, Pegg, and Thornton, Los Angeles, California. Special thanks to Brendan Noonan from our communications team and to today's producer, John Weber. And thank you all for joining us for the Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this audio program, visit podcast.insuranceattorneysearch.com or go to online directories such as iTunes or Google or Yahoo's podcast directory. If you have any suggestions for a future topic regarding an insurance law case or issue, please email us at lawpodcast.ambest.com. I'm John Zuba, joined by Brendan Noonan, and now this message. Best's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is used by decision makers at insurance companies responsible for selecting legal counsel and representation. The printed directory is distributed annually to insurance companies, non-insurance companies, third-party administrators, and corporate counsel around the world, and the online edition is accessible throughout the year. Your listing in Best's directory of recommended insurance attorneys is the most effective way to ensure that thousands of potential clients have access to your outstanding credentials. Here's why you should be listed in the number one insurance insurance attorney reference. Your firm's credentials will be listed in our comprehensive reference guide, which is made available to thousands of insurance professionals globally, both in print and online. AMBEST listees are recognized as the most qualified in their field to represent the unique needs of insurance companies. Key decision makers rely on the directory to take the guesswork out of their selection process. They know that only the best are listed, those firms with a proven track record of excellence who are recommended by their insurance industry clients. And remember, one low rate guarantees year 
year-long visibility for your firm. We invite you to use our web application process to apply for a listing today. With our reasonable rates and broad exposure, there's no more effective way to get the attention of the insurance industry. For more information about Best's Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys, visit www.insuranceattorneysearch.com. 